Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Abject, abysmal, pathetic, choose whatever word you want to describe that, what we just witnessed. Chelsea lost at Old Trafford 2-1 to Manchester United. And if we were being brutally honest, that scoreline was mightily generous to us. But hey, we kept the leather men on the pitch this game, people. So some small positive signs. Join me to look back at arguably the worst performance of the season. That's probably even worse than Newcastle. We'll get into it shortly. Uh, is Harrison Burridge. Harrison, oh, silly, stupid question. How are we doing? Um, I was fine until that game unfolded, but now obviously with what's happened, it's rather frustrating for everyone involved. Yeah, and we shall get into it in a bit more detail shortly. But as I always do, guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So Harrison, tell people where, where they can find you and all your stuff. Of course, um, at hburridge two on Twitter, and also senior editor at the Chelsea Social, so at the Chelsea Social on Twitter. So you can find me there on both accounts. Lovely, lovely stuff. Links will be in the description below. Right, Chelsea went to Old Trafford, uh, a place they'd not won since 2013 when Rafa Benitez was in charge. I don't even want to ask Harrison how old he was back then. That would just, like, shock me and just if he'll make me feel my age, even though I'm not... Well, yeah, even though I'm only two, three years older than you. But anyway, I digress. Um, Harrison, that... First 30 minutes, I think we conceded 11 shots on goal. I think by the end, United had had something like close to 30 shots on our goal. Um, That was an absolute mess, yeah. United had nine shots on target, 12 shots off target, and eight block shots. That was honestly just an absolute shambles. And bear in mind, this isn't... By the way, this... You know the most shocking thing, though, Harrison, I've just discovered? Man United are only three points behind Manchester City. That's the most (laughs) shocking thing I've discovered this evening. Out of everything we've witnessed, Manchester United are three points behind Manchester City. That's the most shocking thing I've discovered this evening. Anyway, just thoughts on that, because that was, I mean, that was a disgrace, to be honest. Let's, let's be blunt. That was an absolute disgrace tonight. Yeah, I don't think there's many other ways to put it, because when you, you come into this game on the back of a performance at the weekend where, whilst, yes, another man sent off and probably not how you would want it, but they've, it was a very mature performance to be able to defend in the way they did in that second half and secure the win. To tonight, where you arrive, they never settle. 
they're like a bunch of cats on a hot tin roof. So just look like they're trying to rush everything, not sure what they're doing. United, this is the baffling thing. United are coming off a performance at the weekend where they have been, yes, they only lost one of Newcastle, but they were absolutely battered in that game. In the same way, kind of tonight with only being 2-1, probably doesn't do justice to how well United played and how bad Chelsea were. And it's just, there was so much more fighting. I think one of the commentators, it might have been Aaron Coyce or John Champion mentioned, there was the desire there after Fernandez made a challenge later on, they were just wanted it so much more tonight, which is never a good sign for any football club because that should the application should be there every time from every player on the pitch. That's the one thing any player can provide what you do without with or without the ball in the actual game is another matter. But yeah, I mean when we're talking about a season where every other big six five we've played so far, we haven't lost and we beat Tottenham four one away from home and you go to the United and put in a performance like that, it's a real Real dampener on the season. United had not beaten a top side this season, a top, you know, a, one of the big six, or, you know, and we've seen obviously their struggles in the Champions League and along come Chelsea, but again, you know, classing us as the big six nowadays. I wonder how long that's going to, we're going to be in that conversation for. Harrison, again, Chelsea start the game poorly. Last time you were on, they started poorly at Spurs. They got their spells back into it. They started abysmally here at Old Trafford. Enzo Fernandez gives away a penalty, late, poor challenge in box. He's just late getting to the ball. Robert Sanchez saves Bruno Fernandes' penalty, which meant he's the first Chelsea goalkeeper to save a penalty in the Premier League since May 2021, when Edouard Mendy saved one from Sergio Aguero against Manchester City, uh, with each of the previous 10 against him in the competition being scored at Harrison. That was basically a warning sign. And you'd like to think, you know, Chelsea, you know, Sanchez bails us out. You think you'd like to think Chelsea, okay, they'll heed this warning, they'll wake up. Unfortunately, they didn't. Um in that first half, Manchester United had an XG of 2.78. That's the most any side has accumulated in the first half of a Premier League game this season. And it was one all at halftime. There's, there's a lot to get to before we get to that. Um, Harrison, Scott McTominay, he is a fascinating case study. I know he's not a Chelsea player, but I do just want to talk about this for a second. He is a player who I'm not necessarily sure is actually great at his role in the team, but he is great at scoring goals and being basically the hero and that sort of overshadowing his sort of general performances. He's had his like greatest, he's already got his like best goal scoring season in the Premier League. It just also feels so Chelsea to concede to Scott McTominay. Like the only surprise, honestly, tonight was that given how profligate Man United were, that Rasmus Hoyland didn't get his first Premier League goal. Rashford didn't come off the bench and end his Premier League goal drought. And that probably Harry Maguire didn't score from a set piece or something. That's probably like literally that, that would have just completed him. That would have just really rubbed someone to wound. But Harrison, that first goal, it comes from Nicholas Jackson giving the ball away at the edge of our box. It's so poor. And both goals, again, are so, so poor. It is infuriating with the Chelsea team, but we keep conceding poor goals. But just speaking about that first goal, like Jackson, because if he gets a pass round, there's a potential we can get a breakaway. But then, no, uh, you know, then ball gets recycled and then, you know, just ends up for McTominay bundling in. It was just awful, wasn't it? And, you know, that first 30 minutes... I genuinely reckon you could make the case of basically near enough every every outfield player getting subbed off. It was abysmal. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, that first goal was the catalogue of errors. Because before the Jackson thing, the previous phase, Palmer had tried to dribble his way out of defence and lost the ball. And then it comes to Jackson. And I think that, that was a running theme tonight, the, the Jackson mistake. Too many times, Chelsea were trying to play out from the back and trying to be so precise and finesse with it in a way. When at times, if you just slow it down and maybe make a pass back and then, then go forward, you've actually got a much more sustainable way of attacking rather than 
whilst yes, if that Jackson pass comes off, we've probably got another one of those like four and two situations we had at one point in the early stages of the game. But as you saw, when it doesn't come off, you're right on the back ropes and then another couple of little errors from defenders behind him and then it's one nil and I mean, yeah, just it's just annoying that every goal we concede seems to be so soft at the moment because Bottino keeps speaking about you like for example, if Don actually had done something which he threatened to do a couple of times, like he did at Everton the other week, and you just shrug your shoulders and say, fine, that's football. A player's done a piece of magic, you take it on the chin, you move on. But when your own players, well, several players as well, are making mistakes and you blow up to the goal, and it's happening week in, week out, it's criminal. You're, hit, you're hindering yourself in every game and making what is already a steep mountain <laughs> unbelievably steep for this side. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Chelsea did obviously miss chances. The bizarre nature of this first half was that Manchester United probably could have been 3-1 up. But Chelsea also, despite how abysmal they were, could also have been 3-1 up. Mikhailo Mudrik hit the post and for some reason decided to side for it instead of Lash home. There was a moment I was with 1-0 where Sterling, you know, there's essentially a, a chance for a 2-1-1, for a but Sterling plays the ball far too early for Jackson and means, Jack, you know, Jackson doesn't have sort of that empty net to tap home in and, you know, Onana makes the save. But Harrison, Chelsea do get back level. It's a great pass. It's a nice pass from Ricardo Magic. And basically the only good thing about the game, Cole Palmer evading, you know, the way he dribbles of all the players and, you know, calmly just sort of like deftly sort of trickles. It do, it trickles over the line, but it's quite a satisfying finish. And I'm going, right, OK, one all, Chelsea right on half time. You know, oddly, I, I was thinking if I was a Manchester United, you know, I was thinking, Co, United, that's a familiar feeling I've had about Chelsea dominating games and not, and, you know, and somehow going in level. But Harrison, I mean, it was... That was basically the one good moment of that, one of a few good moments of that first half, one of just a few moments again. That was a really classy finish from Cole Palmer. And like, it's, I, tonight was abysmal. And I do just want to, you know, talk about that for a sec, because that was, you know, that was a really nice finish from Cole Palmer. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've, I might mentioned earlier on about the maturity of the performance. And, but, and he's one player who seems to be acting way above the age you would think and the footballing experience he's had so far he seems to be so composed and operating at a level above and that finish is a perfect example of that I mean he could have easily just put his laces through that and just said well I hope that kind of beats a nine for pace but he's he's taken his time he's bided his time and he's drawn Lindelof from Maguire out and picked the gap through them and I mean it's right in the corner as well and then has got no chance I mean it's a fantastic finish and testament to his quality and how his introduction since he's come to the club because he has been the shining light of the season so far and you kind of feel, especially in these big games, he's going to have an involvement in anything good Chelsea do and it's just maybe a shame that others around him didn't contribute as much as well as Palmer as well tonight wasn't, maybe it wasn't at his best, I think it's definitely fair to say. It's one of those nights but you can't take the goal away from him. Man United, I think they, Man United boy fan, played for Man, Man City, that will probably be a special moment for him regardless of the result. Yeah, indeed. And that's now obviously goals against Spurs and Arsenal as well and Man City. So he is in these sort of big games. He is certainly making himself known there. We get into half-time one all and I'm thinking, right, well, we kind of, the end of that first half was a tiny bit better. Surely the second half can't be any worse. Mark Cucurella is subbed off for Reese James at half-time. Mark Cucurella, who had a sort of torrid time against Alejandro Granacho. And Reese James come on and he's basically equally as bad. Just an abysmal cameo from him. Um... Harrison, we go the first, second half. We basically do nothing, uh, and the second goal we concede. It's a ball, and it's the back post. And I am again, not many times in weeks have we seen Chelsea concede goal for back post. And I'm sorry, it's a special night for Levi Cole. We've not touched him. Yet. He's captaining his boyhood club. 
he, I thought he, honestly, I thought he was pretty pathetic tonight as well. Uh, as being blunt, I thought he got players got past him too easily, and for the goal, like that is a shambles defensively. Like there's a VAR check, and when that's going on, I'm thinking if this gets given as a foul, we have very much gotten away with one here. That was so soft, and that was so poor from Levi, and it's. Yeah, Harris. I mean, Harris' match was frustrating. And unfortunately, at that point, I mean, it's still 20 minutes to go and Chelsea do still get have some chance after that. But I'm thinking, Carl, if we, if we somehow scramble to all here, like this this is one of the biggest robberies ever. But oh, Harrison, that second goal is painful. And I'm just tired of, of the, the soft nature and the painful nature of goals this team are conceding. Yeah, that that second half was awful. You, you, like, you'd have thought they would have gone in at halftime and, and would have got shouted at by Pochettino and the staff. You wouldn't have expected any less off that first half. But as was a running theme last season, second half was somehow worse than the first, which after the first half is quite baffling. I mean, that, James just looked like someone who'd just been so far off the speed. He was just making errors everywhere he looked and just fit right in where normally he is He is one of those people who are above the rest, even if it is one of those poor performances. And that summed up. I mean, when you're captain in whether you say your best or second best, one of the best players regardless, in a team is performance like pouring like that away at Old Trafford, you're not going to have much hope really as a team in kind of trying to gain a foothold in a game that you were you were lucky to still be in at halftime. I think that's the kind of key thing. Chelsea should have come out second half like, relieved in a way that they're still in this game. They are levelling this game somehow. And that should have been the motivation and inspiration to kick on. But then they never found found a way to, to get going, pending by United. And then, yeah, that, Second goal is so soft again. I mean, Cole, I don't know why he's falling over. He should, even if he just tries to jump up and he probably don't win the header regardless, but try and put McTominay off in some way to try and help Sanchez out because you never know what can happen when defender jumps up against an attacker. But we, that summed it up. Falling down in a limp manner, it just doesn't help when you're defending the back post and the defender thinks try and buy a free kick, which, I mean... With, with the rest in this league, it could happen. I think that's fair to say it could have been one of those that got given. You wouldn't have, it probably wouldn't have got overturned on VAR given it's allowed on field. But regardless, you can't be you can't be defending like that on the back post in the game when you're under the caution that way and trying to make strides forward as a team. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Only two substitutions Maurizio Pochettino made. Interesting. And the second of those is Armando Breyer for Mikhailo Mudrik. And I would argue that there was potentially a winger on the other side or the man up top, Nicholas Jackson, who probably were more viable candidates for Mikhail Madrid. But I'm going to get into it honestly, like we could, you could do an episode just tearing into a lot of these players. Robert Sanchez made some great stops today. His distribution was woeful. Like, and his distribution, you know, puts us under precious, like, causes some of these issues as well. But as I said, the midfield, the midfield was non-existent today. And Harrison, I guess what's also so strange is we know this Manchester United side are basically lethal on transit. You know, their best chance is getting on transitions. The amount of opportunities and times we let that happen, it was a joke. And it just made me think, surely, like, this Chelsea can't look like this when Colin, like, surely Conor Gallagher can't, surely it just can't be Conor Gallagher being one player making such an impact. Because we just looked all over the shop and I said it, I said it was a more attacking line up obviously with with Connor suspended and you know you Cole Palmer just you know actually comes back in it was a shambles how just on United so easily on transition got us and I said also I mean as I said United they play, they don't get me wrong they play well but it's also just quite an indictment on them that they only won that game 2-1 like at 1-0 I 
And one all this was, I was basically just thinking this is probably one of the biggest Premier League mid-offs um, I, I can remember for a while. It was honestly just so, so poor. Um, Harrison, it was also a bit of an interesting team that the Poch selected. And let's talk there. Ben Wabadiashile is benched. Now, I actually did kind of get it just purely because he's coming back from injury. Um, you know, given the fact that maybe they, you know, want to be careful with him. Macarella starting, though, was interesting. Starting him at right back was, I guess, also interesting. You know, some maybe we might have thought Desazi would play right back. You have Colwell and Thiago at the centre, Kukura left back. No. Um, what did you kind of make of that team? And I know it's easy to say after the event, but that team, I mean, it just looked like they never played together just watching that game. It was honestly just so poor. Like, I can't. In terms of Chelsea being so poor and so defensively open, I mean, that was basically some of the, unfortunately, like the very worst of what we would see sometimes, you know, under Frank and get harking back even earlier, like in terms of just how open we were and teams not being proper. I mean, as bad a performance defence, that's almost like, I'm thinking up there is when we lost 6-0 at the Etihad under Sari in terms, you know, the amount of how open we were. And I mean, the difference is City were City then and City still are now, but an elite team punishes you because we said, you know, City won by everything. Chelsea, 2-1 is the most flattering scoreline out there. Harrison just fought on my team. That was, I mean, I mean, the team is, I don't think teams will be lost because I just think Poch and the South and just everything, but there was a lot wrong, but it was just an interesting, it was an interesting lineup. Yeah, very interesting. I think in a way, I think the three games in the week probably affected Poch's thinking in a way because he probably knows Silva can't play the weekend. Realistically, so whether that played into giving Badashili a rest because obviously you say he's still coming back from injury and like, he probably wants him to play the ninety in the weekend, but then I just didn't get, I just didn't get the way he lined the back four up. You played Tassavi at right back in the weekend, so Kukurella coming back in, you just think, okay, perfect. Cole slips into centre back, Kukurella goes to left back, Tassavi stays out of right back. But then, I mean, Kukurella going to right back, he's been very good to be fair to him this season. He's, he has caused a, changed a few people's like kind of opinions on him. But then nights like tonight are exactly why he ended up in the, the state he was last season. He got run ragged down that side. United just kept shipping it out to their left-hand side or right, and it was just a free target. They had to get past him whenever they wanted to with so much ease. And that kind of, that keep banging on about it. It's just these little bits sum it up. It's just a sum of parts for a totally awful performance where nothing went right at all apart from Sanchez in goal making, well, saving our blushes in so many ways because... As you keep saying this, that two-one score is so flattering to Chelsea and Pochettino, and it will be reported like that in the media. They should have lost. They should have conceded six or seven tonight because when you you play in that man, and you mentioned Gallagher as well. There, it's like ideally you would have loved his energy tonight. It probably would have helped in those early stages to try and gain that foothold. But it shouldn't be a case of if you take one man out of this team and the rest of it falls apart because he also he also would have been involved at Newcastle in that game as well. So it's just like. And saw how they reacted without Gallagher on the weekend. Yeah, I mean that's the most annoying thing because I expected Sunday for them to kind of to not win that game Sunday once Gallagher got sent off. Forty five minutes of football against the Brighton side, who were yeah, a bit out of form in the league, but they are still a very very exciting attacking team going forward in the side who crumbled against Newcastle just a week before, but then they've stood up, they defended like a unit fantastically, but at no point tonight did they defend like a unit. The first 20 minutes was like a basketball match for both sides. No one wanted to defend. It was just this end to the other end, non-stop. And I think that set the tone because 
as soon as United kind of got the better of those attacks, they had obviously the penalty that was well saved by Sanchez. They had the advantage and Chelsea, they were trying to climb a slope. And when you got obviously another team pushing down the slope at you, it's just impossible to go. And when you are playing in that manner, it doesn't help at all. It's just a real, real sucker blow off. What was such a positive result of the weekend. We're now we're sat in this position kind of questioning the way this team is going. Yeah, and as I said, honestly, I think that was worse for Newcastle because at least against Newcastle, I can say they're a good team. <laughs> like, they're a good team. And yes, they had injuries, but they did have some players returning and I can kind of go, they're a good team. United, this United team aren't good. They're not good. Like, they're le- them being sick at the, at the time of recording is one of the most baffling things. As I said at the start, the fact they're only three points behind Manchester City is baffling. They're not good. And Harrison, I think also what we saw is Chelsea were not good, but they were in that game at halftime. They were one, it was one all. And I basically think any good team goes on and wins that game because they think, well, United have played that, you know, been bagging first off, but they've conceded on halftime, their confidence would be dented. But this Chelsea team just couldn't take advantage of it and they just didn't show up. And I think that's what's so, so frustrating. But also the fact that, Harrison, this is two back-to-back away matches now. And, you know, this Chelsea team, they'd showed this, this character against... Spurs, they showed this character against Arsenal, they showed this character against Man City in the, you know, the big games. And, and we saw a Liverpool early in the season, we, you know, these games team, oh, this team in the big games turned up. But for whatever reason, against Newcastle, the second half just capitulated. Manchester United, they never got going. And for some reason, for some reason with Chelsea, not just this season, but it seems like gone forever. And I think like other journalists like Liam Toomey point out as well, this Chelsea, they seem to either just play up or play down to the opposition's level. Like you see performance against they do against City they rise to the occasion today they were so abysmal they nearly got away with one they really went down to sort of a level that United sort of almost have been you know at this season and they nearly nearly got away with one being that poor it is just so infuriating Harrison I guess it just like I mean Chelsea attempt so I guess this just kind of sums up where we are we're 15 games in got 19 points we're 10th but ultimately I guess is this the most worrying result for you most worrying performance for you that you've seen this season and I guess how does it just make you feel because we'll get into it I feel that Chelsea have got the worst opponent coming up next this this let, let's be kind and say soft I think there's other words we could use to describe the team but this soft Chelsea team coming up against a Sean Dyche Everton an Everton side that feel aggrieved right now with, with the way the world is treating them an Everton side an Everton you know Everton that we just generally never do well at um, I've just got a horrible feeling about Sunday that this team are going to get diced. And if you're a bet, um, and I'm just, you know, just how many set piece goals we get to concede. But anyway, just thoughts on how abysmal was this basically the worst performance of the season? And I guess Everton on Sunday is basically the worst opponent we could have next as well. Yeah, worst performance of the season for me. I mean, the Newcastle second half was bad, but then this this was very much a 90 minute bad performance where there was never really any good in it apart from the equaliser, which is what. 10, 15 seconds of the game. So, yeah, easily worse performance than I mean you. You touched on it there. To have to go from playing at Old Trafford to then Goodison Park under Dyche is literally the worst possible thing that any side... Chelsea just don't win at Goodison Park in recent years. That is kind of the bottom line with it. And then you go into it when you... If we're being quite frank, you're gonna we have to win this game. We need to send out... Chelsea need to send out a statement to the rest of kind of... The rest of the league, they actually they do have a bit of bottle, a bit of fight in them, especially after performance like that. And going into the Christmas period, because yes, see it's Everton next weekend, and it's 
Sheffield United at home in the league, which, well, look, a few days ago would probably have been a walkover win, but now Chris Wilder back and by all accounts they put a good account of themselves in at home against Liverpool tonight in the 2-0 defeat. So it's like you've got them and you've got Newcastle in the Cup, then that Wolves Christmas Eve game and then it's like Crystal Palace losing. So that you look at these fixtures and they're not, they're not hard necessarily, but they're teams around Chelsea's level right now. You say we're 10th. It's been so many games in now. This is the level Chelsea will be competing in for the rest of the season. All these teams will be in and around us because it's easy to forget everything are much higher than their league position. They are in the relegation zone, but they're very much way clear of that once you take that points deduction off. They're performing at a much yeah, you higher take level. That points deduction. Sorry, you take that points deduction away. They're two points behind us. If you take that 10-point deduction away. And easily could be above us if they beat Newcastle tomorrow. So it's one of the... It, it's just one of those baffling things where performances like this completely sour the mood and you go into a run of games where really you need to be picking up close to maximum points if you have any aspirations of European football, any form of European football for next season because the club needs that after the money they've all spent. They're going to need some extra revenue to come in, the extra games, the, f- the prize money from the European competition because otherwise you're either going to have like restrictions on the money you can spend on the summer or you're going to have to sell a few players or the worst happens and you get hit by FFP rules from the Premier League, which kind of, well, performances like this seem a bit inevitable at this point because they're going to go over that cap at some point with the planned signings they've got in mind as well. Yep, and I've just seen a stat that Manchester United accumulated an XG of 4.07 tonight, the second most of any side in the Premier League game this season behind Chelsea against Spurs. And obviously the caveat was that Spurs game, Spurs had nine men in and just decided to stick with a suicidal high line. Um, Chelsea had 11 men and were just utterly... Utterly abysmal when yeah, Raheem Sterling's 25 games against Manchester United in his career. He's yet to score a goal. Um, yeah, we are 10th and it's 15 games in. And as I said, we're eight points. We're, we're eight points off his Manchester United side, people. We're eight points and they're not good. They're abysmal. That, that's awful. Um, eight, yeah. To be eight points off the United side who have, for the most part, been rather lucky, people have said in their games and had things go their way is no, not a good look for any side, especially this Chelsea side. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. It is, it is very, very poor. And I guess Harrison, like, nice like tonight, he just does like again wary of checking the mood. But I can't, and again, it's social media. Take it with you know a pinch of salt. It's right after a game, etc. But I can't really like that's even more negative. I I just looked at full time. That's even more. That's even more negative than I saw after Newcastle. That is, and you you know, and like nice like tonight. Unfortunately, they do question people's. Faith, because tonight there was just nothing good about it. As we said, there was basically Robert Sanchez's shot stopping, but then the caveat of his passing out from the back was literally abysmal and terrible and scary. And the fact that Cole Palmer's moment of brilliance was basically the only nice thing about it. It was genuinely abysmal. We could have lost that game five or six. And the fact is Chelsea conceded 12 goals in their last four games. This At the start, under Poch, we were going, you know, defensively, this team is actually quite good. In recent weeks, it's just gone. The defence has gone. In an attacking sense, we're not bad. Like we we are scoring some goals, but the defense is just absolutely nowhere. And our, I mean, thankfully, I don't think looking at it tonight, we didn't get any yellow cards for dissent, really, or or talking back. We didn't get a yellow card, which in one way says you know is a good thing about dissent, but also says quite a lot. But in the game against Manchester United and in general in the Premier League, game, you don't get a yellow card. That there's probably says a lot that you probably didn't enough you know not enough cynical fouls or whatever to to stop things I don't know but it was it was poor but Harrison tonight 
nice like tonight. And I guess when it's off the back shortly after that Newcastle game, they do sort of understandably question people's belief in what we're doing because they just see a load of money spent and they see Chelsea in 10th. And while I think we, we, we all agree performances have improved on last season, they still see there's still so many elements of performances from last season creeping in. They said that 90 minutes today, despite the scoreline, that was basically as bad as anything I've watched of Chelsea last season. That is as bad as anything I can remember just watching of of Chelsea. And I guess it's also just so infuriating for people that they see Brighton the weekend, which was not a vintage performance, but it had character, it had fights, it had guts, determination. But then that just seemed to all vanish today and it just vanished the week before against Newcastle. The fact that there's not, there's not like a, there's a, basically there's a way to lose football games. And Chelsea did not lose that football game at all in the right manner tonight. Very much so. I mean, you, you, you touched on last season performances there and Potter was proven to be out of his depth, but he's proven to be out of his depth because he was have to be a constant firefighter for all these problems that the team and the club were throwing up at him at different points. And I mean, fair play to Pochettino. He's come in. He has, he has made his left his mark on the club so far and tried to change things. And the defense was initially all right, but now I just think to myself now, how many times have we had the same centre back partnership in ga- consecutive games? Let alone the same back four in consecutive games. That it's not a healthy environment for for any team to play, and especially one that's still developing so full of young players. There is the the added factor that the injuries adding up again, such was the nature of the bench then probably why only two subs were used, although Matson at one point looked ready to come on, but then that's when the second goal came and he was not to be seen for the rest of the night. But it's just it's just it's a confusion, I think, is the main thing when fans look at this because before that, you go into the last international break on the back of a home performance against Man City where, again, we've conceded four soft goals, but you've drawn four against the Man City side that also aren't at the best at the moment. But it is, that is a very credible result to, for any any choice side at any point in, at, this, at this time of, of at this time, really. But then you come back from the international break and you do what they do and everyone's like, well, what on earth is actually happening here? Because, and it's, I mean, everyone has the right to question it because there's that figure of one billion gets banded around all the time. It's not quite one billion probably. But it's a ridiculous amount of money spent regardless on this team. And we're at we're what, two places above where the club finished at the end of the last season at the moment. And it's hard to see it being too much for significant improvement in the remaining 23 games that we've got left. I think that's the, the really frustrating element. It's many hoped that this season would be the one of progression one to be back kind of competing in that top seven top six area of the table but just so far off I think even the gap between us and West Ham in ninth is it's a fair few points now and they've got a game in hand it's, against... yeah, it's two at the moment obviously if they win and I forget who they're playing but yeah Tottenham. we're six points off Brighton in eighth um, if West Ham win tomorrow we're five points off them in ninth or whenever they're at Tottenham so they probably won't win but still well, you never know. But yeah, the point is there's sort of a gap emerging and 15 games in, like we're getting close in, you know, to, we're nearly getting to the halfway point and you're going, yeah, that's Chelsea and Ted, that's probably going to be a reflection of where they are this season. And the performances just reflect it. You know, one good, they're, one week they're good, they're resilient, full of character, the next week they're soft, they're flaky. That's just going to result in, in Ted and it's just reality. Unfortunately, where we are and where we are at this moment in time, as said, you know, it doesn't help when you sort of your star players 
are injured a lot as well. As said, Reese comes back. Um, I think, yeah, Poch said, you know, I didn't mind Reese not starting, you know, because I thought, as said, at the time I thought, oh, Dazazi will be be right back. But it said Reese comes on and he's awful anyway. So, but it's just, I think, frustrating for a lot of people when they see that, you know, even, you know, play, you know, people like Levi has an awful game tonight. Reese, you know, has been not, he's been injured and not really been great this season. And the, you know, the Cobham boys as well, also, you know, potentially, you know, just had a couple ropey week, you know, game or two. It is just, and then, yeah, and then you just see there again, Mudry gets the assist tonight. It's nice for him, but again, he's shooting like really, really poor tonight. And it's like, it's not just going on him. Sterling, you know, praised him in some big games. Bismal tonight. The midfield, Enzo and Caicedo, as you mentioned, the first 20 minutes, was like a basketball match. Midfields just were non existent for both sides, you know, really. But yeah, those two in the middle, you know, God forbid how much money he's been spent on them. I don't think they're bad times. I think they're good signings. But tonight, they were just really, really, really off, as said, yeah, just defensively. A shambles, and I said the only people to, you know, Robert Sanchez is probably one of the only players to really come out with that much credit. And even then, we're still going, we're still sort of questioning like his distribution out from the back, etc. Got palm against the goal. It's yeah, it's really, really disappointing, and it's it's hard to be optimistic because unfortunately, when United, when you're playing against a team like United who are struggling as bad as they are, you've got to take advantage of them. Like, this is not a good Manchester United side. And I know Chelsea don't do well at Old Trafford, and it's been one of the most bizarre things of recent years. But Manchester United, throughout this dodgy period, they've still managed, we've still really struggled to beat. We were more successful against them when they were when they were good under Fergie at Old Trafford than we have been since he's left. But no, it's it's just incredibly disappointing. I said, you know, Poch, I was really disappointed with him tonight. The South was awful. I said, just so open defensively, just so poor. You know, subs were questionable as well it was just no one had a good night for Chelsea it was it was just so poor and it was just yeah and I said the fact this Man United who just aren't good they're just not good just really really gutting night um and yeah not it's not really necessary there's going to be a lot of people for anger I'm not yeah I mean I'm not I'm not even sure it's anger it's just like I don't know what it is the feeling numbness to an extent but there's not really because we're still feeling there it's just acceptance which I think is unfortunate and I think this is sort of slowly coming into sort of chess fans but yeah this is this is not Chelsea of older and not coming back anytime soon people this could be this is going to take a long long time and these this all this money spent is going to take a long time to really show it was worth it um yeah a, a really really disappointing night a really humbling night for Chelsea as I said the Christmas period got off to a good start of the weekend it's taken one mighty mighty step back um this weekend, it was, yeah, it was genuinely, genuinely abysmal, as I said. 30 minutes in, you could have basically subbed every single player out, every outfield player out there. It was, there was nothing to like about it. It was really, really abysmal, and I don't want to drag this on too much. But hey, it's Everton of the weekend, so, you know, God, we won that last season. Um, so, so so that's something, but yeah, I'm not I'm not hopeful for that, and I, I expect more pain on the weekend. Um, yeah. All of a sudden, this Christmas period looks like it could be quite miserable. And, you know, I mean, it, Chelsea's winter collapse could continue again. But, I mean, we were already in temp. So, cool. it'll be interesting to see where this potential winter collapse can lead us further down the league table. But, yeah, grim, frustrating, abysmal. Just pick your word. That was the lowest point of Chelsea season, without a doubt. And they only lost 2-1, again, an indictment of United. But also, Chelsea, buck your ideas up. That was abysmal. Poch, I, if Poch does not tear into them again... I'll be quite disappointed, honestly. That was, as I said, and he also, he, 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 I'm sure he'll have to 
hold his hands up as well because that was yeah truly truly awful i have nothing else nice to say so we shall end it there i want to thank harrison for coming on Harrison, I feel like we've had a good chat. I feel like we've got some things off our chest. I'd say it's been a nice conversation. It's not really been as nice of things we could be we could be talking about at the moment of time recording. In, you know, are England back in the cricket? Are they going to, looks like they're going to chase down 200, 202 against the West Indies. Will Jacks has got some runs. We're talking cricket talk here every, now. Every Sam cloud. Curran, is he back? Every cloud. <laughs> yeah, his son Curran back. He, he was awful of the weekend. Goes for nearly 100. He got a free for today. Who knows? Gus Atkinson is back. Gus Atkinson, another sort of game. Ray and Ahmed, the Wonderkin. Sorry, this is a football podcast, not a cricket podcast, people. I do apologise. We've just, I've just alienated a lot of people. Um, But yeah, again, ugh, a, a grim night. A grim grim night that I said that I'm, I'm relying on England in a, a pretty low stakes, fairly meaningless in a sense one day international series in the in the caribbean to to give me some to give me you know some feeling and you know this is basically just a, a knockoff england team trying to reprise some of the glory days and play the old hits of the of the all conquering uh england team from 2015 to to the latest world cup but anyway that's too much cricket chat for a podcast too much great chat um harrison before you go give yourself one last plug where people can find you and all your stuff yep so hbird2 on twitter is my first account and then at the Chelsea social also on Twitter where I'm sure we'll be breaking this defeat down for the next coming days. So if you want to pop over, have a chat, I'll be there or someone else will be on the account and we can have a chat about the game. Lovely, lovely stuff. Harrison's links and the Chelsea social links will be in the description below. As for us, we're on Twitter about Chelsea Pod or X about Chelsea Pod. Instagram about Chelsea Pod. We're on all usual podcast platform providers, Apple, Spotify, etc. Um, if you've enjoyed what we've heard, please feel free to leave a rating review. Hopefully it's not as bad as you hopefully we're a bit more in upbeat mood of a weekend talking about a game, but I wouldn't hold your breath, people. I wouldn't hold your breath. I expect more more pain, more misery to, to follow on, on Sunday. But, you know, we wait and see. If you want to get in, show, in touch with the show, you can. That's that ChelseaPod at gmail.com and said, hopefully listener questions will return if we can set it. We're recording this. It is 5 to 11 on Wednesday evening, so that's why there's no list of questions. Like, you know, we've got stuff to do, etc. But, um, yeah, until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag flying high. Well, well, well. That was a horrible watch at work. I'm going to rename the Theatre of Dreams Theatre Freeze because every time we go there it's we just forget to do the absolute basics. How many times tonight do we get into really good positions and just not be able to pick out a pass? The defence as well. I mean, Sanchez was probably our best player which sums up because his pass completion rate, succession rate must have been, what, 20% if that? He was, a, <laughs> he was making quality saves, but he was causing the issues in the first place. I just, every time there, man, I, I don't even know what to say. I think the only positive, really, is that we only lost 2-1. I mean, the XG shows it should have been 4-1 minimum, and to be honest, we, we were lucky it wasn't. Anyway, Deutsche Masterclass Sunday. Then we have a run of fairly easy games, which will no doubt somehow mess up. Onwards and upwards. Sports Social Podcast Network.